now listening to the 100% Elite Podcast. Welcome to 100% Elite. I am your host, Jeff Englert, and this is episode 36. Now I'm joined here once again by the co-host of this podcast, Mr. Zach Presson, a.k.a. Freshly Squeezed Orange Zachity. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Good to be back this week. I missed you last week. Um, I listened back. You did great on your own. Um, sometimes I wonder why you invited me here, because I think you do such a good job. But... Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back. It's your boy, like Jeff said, freshly squeezed, Orange Zachity, the one and only. And without further ado, we're going to come to you live this week with, with another great week of AEW content. And as always, before we get into that, we're going to kick things off with a little bit of the news. Well, it's uh, another slow week in, uh, in the news section here. Uh, the only thing we really have is Renee Young uh, talking about leaving uh, WWE which is a big loss for them, not just because it's like a jump, you know, for John Moxley's wife, blah, blah, blah. It's because she's actually talented. She could go anywhere. I know a lot of people saying, oh, come to AEW. Dude, she's got a bigger horizon than just AEW. That'd be cool if she came there. I don't know what she would do. Maybe be a valet for John Moxley, just because, I mean, he can already talk. I don't know what she, she can't wrestle. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what she would do in AEW. Um, but she could go to sports broadcasting. She can do pretty much anything. The sky is pretty much the limit for, for that lady. Uh, and then the only other thing I have is, uh, uh, pretty glad that the, the Sonia Deville, uh, Deville, whatever her name is thing ended pretty, you know, pretty safely for her and Mandy Rose. I'm glad that they're both okay. And, uh, I'm not even going to give out that guy's name cause he doesn't deserve, uh, platform to be um hyped on uh not hyped you know what i mean even spoke about but i'm just glad they're okay glad they got him glad he's a you know piece of shit probably gonna spend a while in prison so uh do you got anything buddy yeah i mean to touch on both of what you said that uh dario baronado or uh, as you said better known as sony deville and wwe that's a pretty pretty scary situation it sounds like so um just yeah attack on to what you said glad glad that both parties are okay and that the perpetrator was uh, apprehended quickly it sounds like uh, he's a pretty big dum dum um all things considered again pretty scary situation glad they're okay uh real quick to touch on renee young man she's a jack of all trades or jill of all trades if you will if we're if we're uh, uh speaking gender wise here um but she could be anything man she was the first female announcer um, to call Monday Night Raw to be consistently featured in WWE's programming, and I, for one, really liked her. And they they inexplicably pulled her, um, you know, for whatever for whatever unknown reason. Um, probably retribution for you know Mox making the leap. Of course, they're not going to give her airtime, which you know everyone who's in the wrestling community knows that uh, they're together. So kind of um, her getting airtime kind of leads to people knowing about Mox being in AEW. So they kind of. Uns- ceremoniously uh, pulled her from seemingly all of her on-screen duties. So I'm excited to hear that she has uh, made them aware that she is no longer going to re-sign. Um, hopefully she does end up in AEW, although I understand that her no-compete is pretty airtight, so it might be a while before we see her on the air, but sure would bring a lot to the product. Um, real quick, 
Uh, you touched on the big pieces of news from this past week. I'm just going to rattle off quickly and spoil NXT TakeOver from tonight. Uh, Brizongo became the number one contenders. Uh, Damian Priest wins the vacated North American Championship. Adam Cole beat Pat McAfee in what was a dumbass match and a dumbass idea. Um, Io Shirai retains. And then here's the, the surprise of the night. Karrion Cross uh, taking out Keith Lee to win the NXT Championship. Um very questionable move you know to me it's like uh just further shows you like their wwe is so out of touch you know you thought nxt was that sacred cow but even this they're making the dumb move to take the belt off keith lee so quickly um maybe they're going to move him up to the main roster i know this isn't a wwe show so we won't spend much time on it but uh there you go your quick little spoilers for takeover um but yeah uh other than that pretty slow news week here jeff yeah, for sure. I I <laughs> didn't really have a whole lot. Um, I do. I, I kind of want to talk about it, even though it's a a, a part of um, a part of dynamite. This NWA thing uh, is this like a a partnership with AEW? You know, they even Man, they're it- even tweeting out NWA. Literally, their Twitter is tweeting out, "Ask and you shall receive." So are they lending their talent to AEW just because, you know, they're kind of not in production right now? And I don't know when they're when they're coming back out or I don't know. That's kind of cool. If, a, you know, AEW and, and NWA is kind of going to form like a maybe just for now partnership just during the COVID era, that'd be that'd be pretty fucking cool. I mean, we just signed somebody that we saw on NWA Power, uh, Eddie Kingston. Uh, who appeared on Dynamite tonight? We'll get into that later. But if this is a partnership, man, that's that's a pretty big, pretty big deal, man. That'll bring the the that fifty plus demo <laughs> coming back because you know NWA Power had that real old school feel. Had a lot of people doing a real, uh, real good job of that uh, that style. So maybe uh, maybe they'll <laughs> get that demo after all. Um, what do you have on that before we move on to this? Hey, man, nothing, tournament? nothing official, but I've been dying to get in on that since you started talking about it, actually. Um, dude, Cody and Nick Aldis still owe us a third match for yeah. the NWA title. A I'm rubber telling match, you, man. I'm telling you, that's going to happen. He ended, you know, he ended Aldis's reign. Um, he didn't hold, hold the belt for that long. I think only like 50 days or something like that. But Aldis has been, you know, the champion for almost two years he won the belt in october of 2018 and he's still uh the champion so um you know those two have some history together you know if uh cody some ever somehow ever drops a tnt title you know we'll see if uh that match could ever come into fruition but uh yeah i i like it man um you know the whole njpw thing which everybody assumed was a foregone conclusion uh when this whole thing started obviously has not come to fruition they've you know, had some back and forth here and there, but outside of that working relationship have not really committed to each other. So um, well, that's not surprised the, to see this. Um, that's because of the Bucks and, and Kenny, man. They really screwed him over. They thought, uh, you know, they they kind of put their, them on the map for the American viewers. Like, I mean, big time. The Bullet Club was the main reason why American viewers got to it. I mean, they could have had a great partnership uh, and you know, the bucks and Kenny, they just don't, they don't want it at all. I don't, I don't think they'll ever work 
in a New Japan place ever again. I mean, and it's only only been a one-way street. AEW guys will go over to New Japan, work a couple matches. They never send anybody to AEW. It's kind of sad. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, it is, man. I would love to see people like Kota Ibushi over here and Will Ospreay and guys like that, man. They they could work some killer matches with the roster in AEW. Yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. is good. Jay White, like... All those people, uh, you know, it, it would be it would just be great. Um, but yeah, let's let's get right into this uh, women's tag team tournament cup, uh, the deadly draw. So this was the semifinals. Um, the first match was the Swole family, Big Swole and Little Swole, versus the Nightmare Sisters. Um, dude, the ego uh, like heel spots with Brandy and her little Bran Bran, and like. You know, I'm the only uh, women's wrestler with a AEW women's wrestler with a you know an action figure and like this this like big he- ego trip. This I'm better than everybody uh, heel turn kind of stuff is is actually pretty cool. I don't know if it should become like her gimmick altogether. She's doing it a lot, so hopefully uh, hopefully it <laughs> she kind of slows her roll on that. But Allie was looking really good in this match. Um, I thought it was actually a, a pretty solid tag match. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they were all following the rules as, uh, FTR would like to <laughs> throw out there. Um, yeah, that double L- elbow and, uh, the big pump kick, man, little swole with all them suplexes. It's, it's nice to see a girl actually throwing some people around. Um, and then, uh, you had, uh, Britt Baker with that distraction, man, uh, and have an alley with that uh, dropping, uh, it's like a crossroads into an elbow uh, drop. I guess they're calling it down the rabbit hole or something like that for the win. Yeah, that's what they're calling Allie's finisher, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty cool uh, little move that she's got there. I'm glad that they're finally starting to learn <laughs> some of these fucking finishers. Uh, this is why I miss uh, Excalibur. I was talking to you about this beforehand, but Taz and Tony Schiavone, do not know any of the finishers. They didn't know like pretty much almost zero of them. So we don't get any of the names. We don't get the fun, you know, Stone Cold Stunner, or you know what I mean. The big moments at the end where the right, commentary right. and they're team. not and they're not good enough. They're not good enough like Mara Ranallo just to make them up on the spot either. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's not that's not their strong suit. They're just there for the the filler shit and Excalibur. I can't wait to have him back. Uh, I finally went back and listened to the promo that he cut just to see what all this was about. Obviously, the everybody involved was in on this, and he's already been like, hey, it was really stupid of me. I shouldn't have gone along with it. Already apologized for it. I understand all that. But what he said was pretty fucked. <laughs> him and Kevin Owens, dude. It was just straight up like the most racist thing you could possibly say. Um but it was a work, I, you know, whatever. Um, what did you think of this match before I <laughs> completely ruined it with this Excalibur talk? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a, a, a pretty solid match, as we expected. You know, when you take a look at this card and you you take a look at Swole Sisters versus Nightmare Sisters in the second match, um, you would anticipate that this match was going to be the uh, better of the two, and it certainly was. Um, the advancement of storylines throughout AEW matches – um, it's pretty impressive. It's something we've definitely talked about in the past. You kind of hit all the highlights on the match here itself. I do find it rather odd that Brandy is the only female with an action figure 
year. Um, seems a little strange to me, you know, that she's, I don't want to say barely a wrestler because she's definitely a wrestler, obviously, but she's wrestling in these tag matches. She's not doing really any high profile singles matches. She's not the champion, not vying for the championship. So you would think that, you know, the more upper echelon females of the division um, would get that opportunity and not just Brandy. And, you know, kudos to everything Brandy's done, but I think that's more circumstantial, to be honest with you. And like her being Cody's husband or Cody's wife, rather than having this opportunity because i mean frankly like cody rhodes would have done this thing with his friends uh no matter what it seemed to be inevitable so um it seems what's the best word to describe that i would say like just more self-serving for her to have her own action figure when she's not you know built as one of the stars of the division so i think definitely a missed opportunity there as far as branding is concerned so um other than that uh really cool match like you said ali hit the down the rabbit hole for the win um nightmare sisters pick up the win and move on to the finals as we all expected so um they're a strong team the only true team coming into this one um which actually brought us into our second match of the evening it was uh the always hot tay conti and anna jay of the dark order versus diamante and ivalice um i actually don't have too many notes on this match jeff to be honest with you um so maybe you can give us uh, uh some pointers on this one it was a you know fairly <clears throat> fairly nondescript match um you know and in the end uh take conti uh with i'm sorry diamante with the uh slice bread for the win on take conti uh had diamante and ivalice uh moving on what'd you have on this match um dude that i still with the full dark order support is, is really fucking cool i just i keep having to touch on that just because uh you know you, you would think she'd be going out there by herself, you know what I mean? Just uh, a lone wolf, but they, they get the full support on every single one of their talent. It's, it's a really cool look, uh, but dude, Anna Jay has the look like a freaking star. She's only been in the business for like 11 months. That's it. Like not even a full year. Uh, so she's a real big star in the making. I mean, really all four should be a big part of this women's roster. All four of these girls are great, and you know, with the outcome on Dynamite, it, it it's looking like it might be a thing, uh, especially with Anna Jay joining the Dark Order and and being a big part of it. That it's really fucking cool. Um, but dude, Eva Lise and Diamante are they were working well together, like really, really good. They look like a solid tag team. Um, and dude, Tay Conti is brutal, man. Her kicks and her punches, they they look pretty fucking snug. They look really, really good. Um, I, I see that they had this uh, double team there for the win, uh, Diamante and Ivalice, um, you know, picking up the win there. Uh, moving on to the finals. So it's the Nightmare Sisters uh, versus Diamante and Ivalice, which uh, I'm hoping that they start coming up with tag team names if they're going to have a tag division. It would be cool to actually have like, you know, Swole Fam could be a thing, obviously Nightmare Sisters, but it'd be cool. Or maybe Anna Jay uh, recruit another woman to the Dark Order and have her own little Dark Order tag team. <laughs> it'd be pretty cool. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd be cool to get LAX back together for real without being a part of the inner circle. And, you know, you could have Ivalice eventually, you know, join up with that and they could just have like, a reincarnation of LAX, you know, which was a relatively big group, but uh, that could work. Yeah, it definitely could. I would like to see that too. Um, now let's 
move right into dark. But actually, before we do that, let's get right into the official homework of the week. All right. My homework for this week is a, a champ versus champ match. It was on a uh, Friday Night Smackdown episode, and it was Cody as the Intercontinental Champion versus Zack Ryder as the U.S. Champion. <laughs> uh, this one's just for you, Zach. So that was the homework from me. It is Cody versus Zack Ryder, uh, champ versus champ. Uh on a episode of SmackDown. So what do you got? <laughs> oh, uh, excuse me. Sorry, that uh, that match already put me to sleep. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Oh, I'll be I'll be sure to rewatch and I'll be sure to tell you exactly how I feel about it next week. Um, <laughs> it was March 29, 1987, the infamous WrestleMania Everybody tuning in to see Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. But what stole the show? The now infamous Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Randy Macho Man Savage match for the WWF Intercontinental Champion. Stole the show. 14-minute match. Uh, 22 pinfall attempts. I think there was 12 two counts or near falls, something like that. Um, Just an awesome match. A lot of people credit that match with changing the trajectory of wrestling from what it was to... Uh, kind of what it has become today and, and made it more of an art form instead of just uh, a brooding, brawling, uh, technical um, sport. So uh, if you have not seen that match, uh, especially to our younger listeners out there, definitely go back and rewatch that match. It's easy to find. It's all over YouTube. Uh, just Google it. Randy Macho Man Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the Intercontinental Championship. That is the homework of the week. Yep. So let's get right in to dark. Uh, dark this week. Um, it started off on a, a great, great little uh, couple couple minutes there in the beginning, um, because we had Michael Naka Naka Nakazawa versus Kip Sabian, and now Michael Nakazawa had nothing to do with. How great the beginning was! It was beginning. How the beginning was great. You know what I mean. Uh, and that's because of Penelope Ford. She got me all tongue-tied there. Um, I, dude, he needs to stop kissing my lady. That's what I'm trying to say here. Um, <laughs> uh, but as soon as Michael Nakazawa oils himself up, I don't know if I just tune out or or what it is. I just don't. I mean the the like missing the slippery chops, that's that's kind of funny. Like for the first time you've seen it, um, but to do it every single match, it it's just really old. Um, definitely hollows for the win. Do you have anything on this? Yeah, man, you uh, pretty much hit all the highlights on this one. Um, highlights, Ford, as always, the, the main attraction. <laughs> I was being nice. I know you don't like to t- speak ill of AEW. I should, I could have said low lights, um, but uh, Penelope Ford certainly was a highlight there. I know you thought that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't take anything Michael Nakazawa does seriously. Like, unless he's tagging with AJ Styles, he's never picking up a win. So, uh, I am glad to see Kip Sabian getting out there and getting a singles victory. 
um, yeah, other than that, uh, it was a nice little start. Um, nothing wrong with the match, just uh, nothing spectacular with the match. And like I said, you kind of went into it knowing that uh, Nakazawa is not somebody that is a very big threat to Kip Sabian at this point. So um, next we move on into a tag match featuring the captain, Sean Dean. And Frank Stone versus Bad Romance. We're still going to keep calling him Bad Romance. Joey Janelle and Sonny <laughs> Kiss. Man, I I sing Joey Janelle's praises week after week, but Sonny Kiss had it going on this week. Uh, he looked really, really good. And, and, you know, ever since that match with Cody Rhodes, you know, I don't know if it's just opened my eyes more to, you know, his performances or if it's just they're now giving him more time um, to wrestle here in front of an audience, although they have been on dark very much. Uh, recently, but uh, he looked really, really good here. Um, of course, this was a match going in that you knew Bad Romance was going to win. Um, it was that elbow drop and that split leg drop um, that, that picked up the win for this one. What'd you have on this one, Jeff? Dude, I thought Sean Dean and uh, this guy, uh, Frank, um, what was his last name? Frankie, Frankie Stone. Frank Stone is what his name was. Um, he was just a big dude, man. He just didn't. I, I, to me, he was just a big dude, you know. I think they looked great here. I especially loved the uh, the White Ranger gear that the captain had on. Um, he even tweeted something about how he always wanted to be the the White Ranger. Tweeted him back. He liked my tweet. Uh, <laughs> it was a pretty cool moment. Uh, anyways, uh, I like that elbow side slam combination that they had. Uh, Joey Janela going for that double DDT. Uh, cool little spots, but you're right. Uh, Sunny Kiss uh, looked pretty good here. Uh, the split pin thing, man. I just, I'm not a fan of it. I just don't think it's. It, it, I don't know. The coffin drop. It I lacks, believe it lacks devastation. Right? Yes, that's exactly what it is. I think it's just the show piece. I guess, but I, I just want. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. I just have to get over it. But I just want Sunny Kiss if he's going to be pinning and and beating people that they, it needs to be something that's a hard hitting move to where nobody can say, Oh, well, they're just obviously giving it to him. You know what I mean? Like I, I want him to be laying people out, not uh, just laying on people. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's that perfect size for somebody to be doing like either like a devastating submission hold or like some sort of like cutter variation. Like, the RKO is like cool by Randy Orton and, and whatnot, but like you don't have to be a big dude to pull off an RKO, you know? It's like anything like that um, would be nice or any sort of like hard kick or hard strike. A lot of people are using those as finishers these days. So it definitely uh, leaves room uh, for a lot to be desired there. Yeah, he can uh, he can steal Seth Rollins' little face curb stomp thing that I hate. <laughs> Oh, I I can't remember who he jacked. He jacked that from somebody. I hate um, that. It, it's a pretty cool idea. I, it I looks do so like fake. the idea, but it was cool when it was a novelty. It was cooler, I guess. Anyways, we go right into uh, one. Of, I really like this match. Actually, it was uh, Will Hobbs versus Sean Spears. Um, now, dude, I, I'm the black glove. I'm I'm in. I'm all in. I think it's a cool gimmick. I like how he loads it up with that piece of like Kevlar or whatever he's putting in there. Um, and that he's not winning with it. Do you know what I mean? Like he's, he's not needing to use it. He's only using it like as an after thing. Like he's still 
he's still winning definitively and pinning people uh, just off of his pure talent. Uh, you know, if we're going off of, you know, this stuff is all real and stuff. Um, <laughs> but the glove at the end laying people out afterwards is a, is a cool touch. Um, but I, I really like this, this match, man. Will Hobbs looked like a fucking beast, man. He was eating chops. Uh, he, I mean, he took two big chops, uh, that, that I thought <laughs> just sounded like gunshots, man. Um, you know, I don't know. Tully, is he building a fucking faction here? He's got FTR in his corner, or he's in FTR's corner, which we'll find out later, but he's also got Sean Spears. He's still in his corner. Nothing happened there. So, I mean, uh, it's. I don't it, know, Jeff. It sounds like you just had some sort of revelation. Oh, God. Shut up. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but that huge spine buster that Will Hobbs keeps hitting, man, it looks really great. He, he he's really got an impressive spine buster. I mean, ridiculous. And then here's another spot where the commentary team doesn't know the guy's fucking finish and still is calling it the Death Valley Driver when it's called the C4 uh, for the win here. Um, and now that makes Sean Spears 10 and 2. Um, and then he beats Will Hobbs down after. Um, so what do you have on this one? Yeah, man, I like this match too. Just uh, a couple of dudes who are just beating the shit out of each other. Hobbs is a is a big freaking dude. Um, I thought, you know, he has two matches uh, this week. We'll get into his second match. I thought, all things considered, um, this is the best he looked this week. Um, you're right, man. He was eating some chops from Spears for sure. Um, and I like that more methodical approach that Sean Spears is doing. Like, he now gives off the impression that he's like comfortable in his role and he's not trying to do too much. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a guy who's going to do what needs to be done to get the win. And he's not going to do anything more. And he's not going to do anything less. And he's like, definitely, like I said, believable with that. The black gloves, like it gives him a more menacing look. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really dig it. Like uh, I dig what he's doing that, you know, that whole gimmick. Uh, we talked about the chairman gimmick, you know, He's just an all-around good performer, man. I mean, nothing not to like here. Uh, continuing his heel tactics, of course, as you mentioned, after the bell, um, beating down Hobbs more, which is really cool to see because it goes to show that like he can handle guys that are bigger than him, uh, which is nice. So uh, he slipped in the metal spike, and then he kind of hit Hobbs with it, which is a brutal-looking move, of course. Um, but, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, you did kind of have that revelation about uh, Blanchard being in the corner of a few folks here now. And uh, some pretty pretty interesting interactions that we'll get to later. We in the showbiz call that a teaser. Um, <laughs> but uh, after this, we moved on to a, a promo from Ricky Starks uh, that he cut on Darby Allen, um, talking about how he got his back destroyed by that thumbtack um, skateboard attack. Uh, he says, you know, that essentially Allen can't end him. Uh, uh, but you know he's gonna get the last laugh. He's gonna smash his face into the ground, et cetera, et cetera. What'd you have on this promo? I thought it was really, really well done. Um, I actually tweeted at him and said that we need a uh, we need a shirt that says "When you try hard, you die hard." Ricky Starks. <laughs> oh man, he he doesn't have a shirt yet. Uh, it's kind of weird. Um, usually everybody gets a shirt right away. <laughs> But I like this promo. Uh, he the guy looks good. He obviously can talk. We'll learn about that a little bit later too. Um, 
and then we go right into this next match, man. TH2 versus The Initiative. Um, dude, Evans and Angelico are such a good team. I think they're one of the most underrated teams that uh, AW has. I mean, they really work well together. They've obviously been doing it for a while. Uh, but, dude, I, I want to win for the fucking Initiative. They're growing on me, man. Brandon Cutler and, and Peter Avalon. They've lost so much that you're like, come on, just give these poor guys a fucking win. They actually do a great job. Their stuff is getting so clean. They're working well together. I mean, shit. Brandon Cutler has literally Peter Avalon not cheating. He's got him not to cheat. He's 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 growing on him, or he's uh, rubbing off on him. Okay, that sounds weird. Um, you know what I mean. Um, but... We had Angelico uh, hit that buckle bomb, and then that 6.30 for the win. Um, and another point to where the commentary team didn't even know that it was a 6.30. He said, man, that 5.40, uh, he just put a little bit extra on it uh, for the win. That's because it wasn't a 5.40. It was a 6.30. But, uh, you know, what did you have on this, man? Yeah, man, this this match was pretty good tag match. Um, it's it's been a nice reintroduction to TH two. I think they're doing a brilliant job though, building up the initiative. Um, they got everything down, man. You're right; they are clicking on all cylinders. Their storyline's great. People are definitely fully invested in them, and they're getting across um, and getting over on multiple platforms, not not just on Dark and Dynamite, but also on uh, Being the Elite, uh, etc. So, um. Obviously, this match served as a reintroduction to TH2. Um, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of them as a tag team. Like, I don't get like what the allure is. Like, there are a couple of like small dudes that like go around doing like pretty cool moves and, and what have you. But to me, it's just like, you know, there's some like old wrestlers from the past that they just remind me of where I'm just like, man, you're not like, you know, anything that like I've never seen before, you know, so um anyway th2 getting the win here they're gonna keep this losing streak going for the initiative like that's just that's just obvious they're gonna get to um you know <laughs> the aforementioned zach Ryder and um kurt hawkins level um and obviously something's gonna happen i don't think they're eventually gonna get the win i do think they're gonna eventually split them up i don't see the point of keeping them a tag team for too much longer um, obviously they're getting a bunch of losses, but they're never going to build themselves to where they're going to be in the title picture or anything like that. So I think having them lose, um, and keep that storyline going until they inevitably face each other for the one's going to finally get the win and the other one's going to be the ultimate loser. I think it's going to pay off with that storyline. So, um, anyway, a, a pretty good tag match though, all things considered, um, that cool, uh, six after that buckle bomb. Um, I always hate though. I gotta say like, before uh, aerial finishers, how a lot of times like the wrestler taking the move did not hit their spot. And like with bad camera work, you can always see the person on the mat, like scooting into the right spot. And it's like, yes, like, especially when you're live, your eyes are fixed to the person that's on the turnbuckle. But like when you're sitting at home watching that and like the camera angle, like is on the guy who's like using his elbows to like, Oh shit, I got to move away from the ropes and get to the right spot. It like, Definitely takes away a little bit um, on that. So uh, those are some minor things, of course, on the production side. Uh, but other than that, good match. Um, after that, we move on. Um, I think we had that small commercial for uh, uh, AEW Heels, um, which has been reoccurring. I don't really have anything on that. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, next mat, next up in the uh, wrestling ring, though, we had 
my favorite zombie of all time, Abaddon. God, she's so hot. Um, against Red Velvet, who started off this match uh, getting the upper hand. Uh, um, Abaddon fought through it, uh, then ate a few chops after that from Red Velvet again. But after that, it was all Abaddon. Um, she just continues to impress. I know that you're not like the biggest fan, especially of her finisher, that little Spike Rana or like Gory Bomb, whatever they're calling it. Uh, but I like her a lot. They obviously see a lot in her. That's why she keeps um, getting the wins here. Did you see that vicious like flip into the like sn- like whip onto the apron that she did and like that creepy ass laugh afterward? Like she totally like buys into her character and and doing definitely something that no no other woman especially is doing. The Fiend over in WWE is kind of the closest thing going to her character right now, but not even to that to that extent as a, on a gore level. So I love Abaddon. AEW obviously loves Abaddon. That's why they keep giving her wins here. Um, I, I think soon enough, we're going to see her on dynamite. She's going to, she's going to move up quickly. She's got a, a fan base online that's growing tremendously. Um, and yeah, I'm a big fan. I love her. That's my zombie. What do you got on this one? Bub? I mean, it was definitely a lot better. The finisher here, instead of doing that Rana thing, it was the, they, they're calling it the Sumatari driver. So, I mean, I can get down with that. That's a that looks like a cool finisher. The 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 other dumb shit that she did. The, this that little Rana thing. I mean, nobody. It, maybe just none of the girls were taking it right. But it just didn't even look like they were hitting anything. It just looked like she was flipping out of hanging on their neck for like two seconds. Um, but this match was really good, man. Like you said, Red Velvet actually looking good here, getting in some offense. Um, selling really, really well, but that arm, like that arm drop on the apron, that looked like she might have fucked herself up a little bit. Uh, you know, Red Velvet's face just smacking the apron. Either that, or they worked the fuck out of me because it it looked pretty damn good. Um, I do like the screaming, and she was talking to the ref every time he would say something. She would scream it back at him, you know, out of the corner, out of the corner, and throw her right back into it. It was actually a really cool little uh, little sprint of a match here. Um, I I liked the the crawl, how she basically she hits a move, dropped down, and crawled towards her like uh, like I'm gonna get you, and it's definitely a cool gimmick. Um, for sure. I, I liked this match. I, I like, I like Abaddon. I mean, there was a couple really cool little spots in here. So, um, but yeah, that's sum- cemetery. It's, it's like it's cemetery, but it's cemetery, uh, driver for the win. So I like the finisher now that's, uh, that's for damn sure. Uh, but we go right into a match, uh, D three and Ryzen and Fabu Andre. The Monarch, is that what he's called? Um, versus the Dark Order, uh, three, four, and Colt Cabana. Um, you know, it ends in that two Germans into a flipping DDT for the win. But we have to talk about a couple people in this uh, match. That Ryzen guy is part of the whole Matt Hardy, um, like, f- what was it called? Free the Delete or not free the delete, uh, the final deletion. Like he's like his little buddy and all of that, um, stuff that he did with this. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Him getting a little shot here on AEW dark. Uh, that D three guy didn't look half bad. Fabu Andre. I'm still like, Jesus Christ. Your gimmick is that you're a fucking butterfly. Uh, doesn't make sense. 
but three and four, man, they're always impressing me. John Silver and Alex Reynolds looking better and better each week, uh, getting some great offense in. Cole Cabana actually working with the Dark Order. I don't know if he's completely sold on on being a part of the Dark Order or not, but seems like him getting wins might be a, a solid thing. Uh, I saw somebody put out a, a graphic where all the Dark Order people uh, were all like cheering and having fun and beating people up in this like little cartoon, and it had Colt Cabana in a dog collar on all fours <laughs> at Brody Lee's feet. Uh, and he, Colt Cabana commented on it, I'm a dog man, a flipping dog man. He goes, but look at that posture though. <laughs> and he's like on all fours. Anyways, really funny spot. But uh, that's all I pretty much had on this match. There was a lot of ins and outs and, you know, a couple of these other guys kind of sloppy. But uh, all in all, would you, would you have? Yeah, man, I, I think you you uh, pretty much hit it here. The uh, This wasn't much of a match. It was a, a pretty, you know, <laughs> slightly longer sprint, but uh, sprinting nonetheless. Um, I don't get this Colt Cabana Dark Order angle at this point. Um, I mean, it, it seems to be like, you know, it was on the front burner as far as like the Dark Order storyline as a whole. And then it's kind of taking a back burner now you know Brody lee is vying for the tnt championship does he figure into that later on in dynamite who knows um but i just i just don't get it man like at this point if you're supposed to be big bad dark order like why are you rolling out for the red carpet for this dude for several months like and he's not giving you an answer it's like yes or no at this point you know what i'm saying like (laughs) still coming out in his own boom boom gear you know not wearing the mask like everybody else is which you don't expect to see him wearing the mask but on the contrary, if you do want to see that this group is all powerful, like the dude puts on the mask. I think that's how you start putting this group over as like a true threat to like, the, not just like people inside the ring, but the locker room in general. Um, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but uh, that's kind of how I'm viewing the storyline right now. Um, as you said, that uh, suplex into like the double DDT with the win, um, pretty easy win for dark order here. Uh, but next, uh, we move on to one of our favorite uh, jobbers, Lee Johnson, um, still seeking his first win. Um, and he will be taking on Starkman, Ricky Starks, Starkman Jones. Um, I love Ricky Starks, man. I know he's a heel and you're not supposed to love him, but I just love him. I think Lee Johnson looked good in this match as well. Definitely got some good offense in. Uh, Ricky Starks does know how to sell. Um, Starks is a full package, man. Like, he, he really is. Like, one of those kids that just, like, you know, honed his craft and finally got an opportunity in that TNT uh, championship open match and uh, really took advantage of it and has, hasn't looked back, you know, took the L then, but uh, looking good um, since then, you know, picking up another win here after he hit that running dominator, um, you know, kind of interweaving his storyline with Darvin Allen or Darvin Allen, Darby Allen. Uh, he hit that kind of standing coffin drop, um, you know, only to almost, uh, you know, be pinned there by the two um, trading some slaps later on in the match. Uh, but all in all, just a really good match. Both performers look good here. Uh, but Ricky Starks, man, he, that dude just, that dude just has a bright future. If they get behind him, what'd you think? Of, what'd you think of this one? I think Lee Johnson looked great here, man. That cutter was really nice. He had a big missile drop kick. Um, but yeah, Ricky Starks, man, he's got that star power. We know he can talk on the mic. He looks great. He works really, really well. I love his move set. His move set's really good. And I'm a big fan of his entrance music. Like just the all around, like you said, a total package. Um, 
And that Rochambeau for the win, man. Rochambeau is a great finisher name. Uh, Taz really putting it over on commentary. Finally, one fucking move that he actually gives a name to instead of just, oh, that's a spinning uh, suplex there. You know, the guy that's been working for WWE for a million years, Goldust, and now just going by Dustin Rhodes. I don't even know his finisher name, but I'm just going to talk about it on commentary as a spinning suplex stupid i hate it right now bring back excalibur hashtag however you do that um anyways this move this match was great i think lee johnson needs to be a bigger part of AEW though i think he's more than proved that he I, I mean i hear about him all the time a lot of people talk about him he's he's really fucking great uh he just needs a win put him up against michael nakazawa or something like that and just let, let him get a win. Let him get a win over Peter Avalon or, or Brandon Cutler. Just let him get a win, guys. All right? Be nice to Lee Johnson. Or put Yeah, put him and uh, Sean Dean together to uh, beat the initiative, right? Give them both their first one. Yeah, let's do that. That'd be great. Um, that moves us on to Baron Black and Tony Donati versus Proud and Powerful. Now, this was short and sweet. Uh, just showing the uh, that Proud and Powerful... Uh, are a great tag team and you know that Ortiz actually has some uh some big moves behind him that sit out power bomb was dope into a super kick from uh Santana for the win um didn't expect anything less uh from these two but it just shows uh that we were invested in the uh <laughs> in the the proud and powerful uh just just by themselves that's all I want to see I'd rather see them by themselves with the than with the inner circle anymore doing these uh um we'll get into it later uh what I think about all that but um dude I just love this tag team it, it they're just such on a like a a streak for me uh putting out solid work very clean work um yeah that's all I had for that one what did you have dude proud and powerful man we love them we love them. They're just a full package tag team, man. Like, they're just, <laughs> you're sitting around, like, watching these guys, best friends, private party, uh, Dark Order on a couple of occasions. Obviously, FTR, well deserved, Young Bucks, well deserved, et cetera, et cetera. Um, man, proud and powerful just needs that opportunity, you know. The one, the one saving grace I could see here is that they're protecting them away from the tag team picture when they clearly have plans for the tag team division at this point and uh we'll get more into that later of course um so maybe maybe that's the reason they're kind of keeping them away from the top of the tag um card at this moment yeah like i said i think they have future champions written all over them same thing with kind of lucha bros you know we've, we've we've discussed them in the past and we'll get to them later in dark and on dynamite but uh proud and powerful here man they're, they're just a great fucking tag team no two ways about it like um i like watching them they remind me of like a new school kind of yeah it's hard to even compare them to anybody you know they have traits of a lot of your favorite tag teams your edge and christians and your dudley boys and stuff like that so um again getting the win here the german suplex into the running knee one two three quick match here um yeah that's pretty much it next we uh moved on to a handicap match with lance archer the murder hawk monster versus john cruz and jesse Sorensen. and boy did you feel bad for these two um Cruz tried to land some offense um at the beginning right after uh 
who was that that huge like running tackle on Sorensen at the beginning, but uh, of course he hits that choke suplex uh, right at the turnbuckles from there. Um, they at one point got him like on the ground. I think I don't really have too many notes on this match if I remember correctly. Um, they they took him off his feet one time in this entire match, but he pretty much dominated with ease. Uh, hits the choke slam on. Uh, he chokes Lamb's Cruz onto Sorensen, uh, gets the EBD claw on both men, one, two, three, and uh, Murderhawk Monster. Uh, I'm glad they're finally starting to rebuild him, but we really need to get him some direction here. What'd you have on this? Uh, exactly. Well, actually, I'm sorry. I did you want to talk about did you want me to talk about the uh, afterward Jake Roberts getting in the ring? The uh, fake I don't know it, if you noticed that, the fake uh, he, out DDT, he, uh, man. acted like he was about to do that DDT. Um, but uh, he dropped him at the last second. I was like, that dude's really old. I feel like he's going to break a hip. <laughs> but a uh, fun segment here. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, a short, short, short handicap match. <laughs> uh, my favorite part was actually the turnbuckle spot when he's running back and forth, just slamming these guys, and he's talking. Uh, all right, going again, going again. <laughs> like <laughs> It's like a, a you know, a a wolf just playing with his food or something or a shark tossing a, a seal around uh, is what it felt like. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad that we're giving the murder Hawk uh, back some, uh, some viciousness. Uh, if you will, I do still hate the EBD claw gimmick at the end, uh, pinning both of these guys. Um, I don't know. All in all, he, he, like you said, he does need some direction. He just needs a storyline. He needs like a big baby face to go against, uh, that he's, I don't know, bring their family involved, like give him a really good storyline to where, you know, it also gives Jake some direction too. like, um, you know, him kind of teaching the murder Hawk, how to be vicious, how to be, uh, um, you know, just a good villain all all around like uh even if he goes after like mox this is a good way to bring renee in have him beat the shit out of renee young you know you know what i mean not that like men beating up women is a should be an angle or anything like that i just meant like family members toss them around or or you know locking them up or doing you know what i mean getting in underneath somebody's skin for weeks until we finally get that big match uh, that's what i want to see him going after his buddies or his friends uh, anything like that. Just get get the murder hawk back uh, into a big dynamite uh, storyline. Which, I mean, we ask for everybody on the same page, but this guy definitely needs one. He's he's a big star. He could, he could be featured kind of like how Brody Lee has now gotten a big spot. Another big guy who can work really well. Um, but, yeah, that's all I had on this. Uh, and then the next match, man. Billy versus Alan Angels five. I thought this was a good, good way to uh, give Alan Angels a kind of a big win over, you know, Billy Gunn, part of the Gun Club. Uh, but I was wrong. This was a way for Billy to what, what ruin a guy's momentum by ha- you know getting beat by. Why are we Why are we building Billy Gunn? Is he gonna be a big AW star like? Is he getting wins? I don't know. I don't understand this booking. If they're supposed to be putting over the Dark Order, why did Billy Gunn just fucking beat him? It doesn't... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy, but it, he had that, like uh, like he said, as like a Cobra Clutch slam for the win. Uh, and now he's 4-1 and one in AEW. Four fucking wins. 
It doesn't, I don't know. What do you have on this? I hated it, man. I really fucking did, dude. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I mean, a lot of people, you hear a lot of the IWC like complaining, you know, that WWE is using, I mean, freaking gold dust, to, or I'm sorry, Goldberg taking the universal title off of the fiend, like a previously undefeated fiend, like, which made no sense. And he like just did it quickly. And it's like, you know, they're getting all sorts of flack, you know, for a part time, like 50 year old, like past his prime person, like coming in and getting wins. And it's like, you want to set yourself apart, like don't fall into like your adversaries, like dumbest moments. Like, why are you doing those things too? And I, I, I don't mean to, like be harsh. I'm just trying to sit, call it what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't make sense that we're, you know, if, if you're, if your whole point is like Alan angels taking the L here, like put somebody else in the match that deserves to go over, you know what I'm saying? Like, but the real story should be like, yes, the dark order going over to build legitimacy for the dark order. Cause as of now, like, what's the gun club doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it, it, like not nearly as involved in the AEW product on a whole, like by any stretch of the imagination as the dark order is. So, uh, questionable booking decisions. I feel like, unfortunately, man, we've been saying this over and over again about this whole, like Billy gun thing. Like you mentioned picking up four wins and all four wins were like, uh, why? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I like Billy Gunn. I like him, but why should why should we care? I don't know. Let's just move on. Go, go through this uh, private party SCU versus Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, you know, uh, it, it was a it's our main event. <laughs> main event for dark. Yeah. Main event for dark, an eight-man disjointed tag team matchup. <laughs> um, that's the one thing that you've been seeing. We've talked about this in the past couple of weeks. Is like these eight-man tag matches. They're doing a lot of them, actually, um, pretty consistently, week in and week out. And some of them work out really well, and some of them seem pretty disjointed. Um, I thought the uh, the talent in this match. You have Private Party and SCU, and of SCU, it was of course uh, Kaz and uh, CD Christopher Daniels. Uh, taking on Butcher and the Blade versus the Lucha Bros. Um, you know, all the tag tag teams in this match, you know, you'd think Private Party obviously being the newest and the, and the least experienced. Um, there's a lot of talent in this match, but they didn't give them enough time to, like, really tell a story. It's really hard in that amount of time because you're going to give all four teams or, in turn, eight guys, like, their time to do, like, their little offense, eat a little offense from the uh, opposing team, and it just... It feels like they're really falling into these like very predictable ruts with these eight-man tag matches. Um, in the end here, Butcher and the Blade land the final death. Um, but, of course, they did not call it the final death on the uh, on the broadcast, much to your dismay because Excalibur full, is not there. Death. But Butcher and the Blade picking up the, picking up the win for their team. Sorry about that bang in the middle, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, me uh, just having a little bit too much bourbon over here. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, full death for the win. Uh, Butcher and the Blade looking strong Did here. I say final death? <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Final death, full death. It's it's all death. Death, death, Hey, death. I'm the Taz of our group, I guess. <laughs> You're our Excalibur. <laughs> oh, man. 
Well, that's how we ended dark this week, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And that's usually where we put the homework in, but I just wanted to zing Zach uh, a little bit earlier with a Zach match, uh, per se. So <laughs> let's get right into oh, yes, Dynamite. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> now that. you got to go watch a Cody versus Zack Ryder match <laughs> when he still had the bleach blonde tips going, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So first match. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know it. Of Dynamite was Private Party versus FTR. Uh, Starting the show hot, man. Uh, Tully with FTR. Even has his own FTR jacket. Um, Dude, FTR is such a great team. Cash with those huge chops, man. I mean, holy shit. He fucked Mark Quinn up. He smacked the shit out of him. Uh I love, I don't know, chops are like one of my favorite things in pro wrestling, especially when they're really fucking loud. Um, but FTR looking so fucking stiff, man. They they really were giving it to Private Party. It was almost like a quit fucking up kind of uh, tag night for them. It was, it was stop being sloppy. Uh, stay in the fucking ring. It was... Uh, it was really fucking snug, man. It was almost like a stop making tag team wrestling look like shit. Uh, is what I got from it, at least. Uh, but you did have a couple big moves from uh, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy, uh, especially that big backdrop. Uh, you know, simple moves like that, done well and clean, just look really cool. I mean, Mark Quinn hitting uh, um, that backdrop was actually refreshing from private party use, usually only flipping and kicking and doing stuff like that. Uh, so I, li- I like seeing normal moves like that but then we had that huge fucking spine buster from cash man just it looked awesome they they looked great they were working really well like ftr does following the rules and then they hit that good night express for the win um totally looking great with ftr uh what'd you have on this man hey hey have we done this already? I think we should do it again. You're eating your crow on FTR, right? They're great. They're great. Just say it. I've I've never not said that they were great. What I said was I didn't want them to come in here and get pushed if they weren't under contract because of what the, what the fuck they were saying. It sounded like they were trying yeah. to come in here, beat the young bucks, and then go somewhere else and just say, well, we beat your fucking – you know, whatever young bucks now we're going to NWA. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, what I was well, maybe, about. maybe they'll have their, uh, chance next week finally. So, um, I, you know, I like this match. I thought private party looked good here. Um, FTR always looks great. Um, they, they, they sold well as stiff as they worked. Like I give them credit. They sold well for party here. Um, who definitely got a lot of offense and a lot more than I expected them to get in. I, think we had discussed in weeks past about them really introducing like new moves every week and like kind of getting out of like what they're good at and not and being inconsistent with like what a private party match is or or anything to that to that extent so um it was really nice to kind of see them stick to what they're good at um and and you know allow like their opponents really to drive the match because obviously ftr being the more experienced of the two tag teams um I, I don't want to say better workers in a, in a bad way, but are the better workers of the two groups. Um, but you could tell they bet the, they brought the best out of uh, private party FTR looking like a machine here. 
hitting that shatter machine, Goodnight Express, whatever you want to call it these days for the win. I, I know it's a WWE thing, but Shatter Machine is such a freaking good, good tag team finisher name. Um, I, the Goodnight Express is cool, but like Shatter Machine is just such a cool freaking name, and I hate that they can't <laughs> use it. But it is pretty cool, nonetheless. Yeah, definitely picking up the win here, um, doing FTR things, looking good with Tully, like you said. Um, doesn't seem to be any issues now. They haven't even talked on. It's interesting that all the segments that uh, Tully is in with FTR that Sean Spears has not been there. Um, so you know, just just something to look out for. You know, sometimes they show them in the crowd together when they're watching an FTR match, but every time Tully has been on screen with FTR, interacting with FTR, Sean Spears has not been there. Um, he obviously came out at the end of, uh, last week's debacle, but, um, pretty much that, that's a, was a pretty good opening to dynamite. Uh, from there, we moved on into a pre-taped, uh, promo from John Moxley from earlier in the day. Jeff, I believe you have some audio from that, uh, promo. So we're going to roll it. The MJF campaign. It's been very amusing. It's fun TV. And MJF has said, and will say a lot of bad things about me, but I'm used to it. I'm an easy target. Honestly, you miss most of the good stuff. What you should do is talk to my wife, because she'll give you like a two-paced list of all my faults and problems. And you know, all that stuff doesn't really bother me, but I have to say, people who feel the need to just talk about themselves all the time really, really just kind of rub me the wrong way, because where I come from, the toughest guys usually don't have to say much. They don't hide behind words. You talk a lot, which makes me wonder, MJF, what exactly are you hiding? MJF thinks he's the future of this business, and I'd be hard-pressed to disagree with him. MJF is talented, so talented, so sickly talented in every way. He thinks he's the man to lead this company for the next 25 years. And I hope you're right, because I want this company to succeed for decades and decades into the future. And I want you to be the man, just like you say you are, to lead this company for the next 25 years. I sure as hell ain't gonna last another 25 years. The way I feel when I get up in the morning, I'm lucky if I get another 18 months. So I hope you fulfill all your potential. I want you to fulfill all your potential. And my money is that you will. One day you will move out of your parents' basement. One day you will lose your virginity. And one day you will become a world champion. But that day ain't September 5th. I'll tell you what's going to happen on September 5th. I'm going to beat the hell out of you. I'm gonna kick you and punch you and elbow you so hard, so many times. I'm gonna headbutt you right in the forehead. I'm gonna try to split your skull with my skull. Then ultimately, I'm gonna dump you on the top of your head. MJF, when your lungs are burning with exhaustion, when you're in a firefight, when we are deep in the game, I will be in my glory, I will be in heaven, but you, you will look for a way out. And the whole world will find out exactly what you've been hiding. So I once again, man, John Moxley cutting a great fucking promo this time on MJF. Um, you know, we got a couple of good ones uh, from the past couple of weeks, but this one, this one was really good. And even uh, he mentioned his wife. Uh, I don't know if that's his slow burn into a young uh, AEW stardom or um, just, you know, bringing a little bit more realism to it, but. I mean, he made a lot of sense, man. MJF is always talking. Uh, 
doesn't really, uh, you know, what is he hiding? What is he hiding? Um, but I, I can't wait for this match now. The This promo right here and then and the one following up, which uh, we have the audio for that too, but I want to get your uh, your thoughts on this uh, there, Mr. Orange Zackety. Yeah, man, I love this. I uh, Mox is a great promo. Um, you kind of hit some of the notes on it. Uh, I thought the funny notes were uh, – well, actually, interestingly enough, he did kind of sing um, MJF's praises. You know, he talks about – he said, I hope that you're right. I hope you're the guy that's taken this company to the future for the – next 25 years he said he he's talented etc etc but then he says one day you're going to move out of your parents basement one day you'll lose your virginity and i thought those were uh pretty funny lines that he threw in there as well so um, overall a good promo but uh yeah uh you know we went to commercial break and quickly followed back up with uh an mjf promo that i believe you're ready to roll right now jeff genghis khan castro napoleon All these men were homicidal maniacs. And they all pale in comparison to Dictator John. Last week, John, you attacked me from behind like a gutless coward. Guess you're too afraid of me to try me from the front. John, I suppose you don't realize that your unwarranted actions have consequences. Look at me, John. Look at the state of me. Someday, I want to have a family, John, with kids. I'd like to play with those kids. Papa, Papa, can we play a game of catch? No, son, we can't, because daddy's mangled. And that's all on you, John. The paradigm shift isn't a move, John. It's an abomination! God, Wardlow! Mr. Friedman really wanted to do this all on his own, but I'm going to have to continue. We have very important business to conduct here today. I'm his attorney, Mark Sterling. The first thing we want to do is put on record that we believe the paradigm shift, also known as the double-arm DDT, is a dangerous move. And according to a few health professionals that I talked to last week, possibly deadly. I mean, that particular move almost ended this man's career last week and and the jury's still out. We have no idea, it could've. And if John Moxley can come out and just end anyone's career all willy-nilly whenever he wants, who's next? Wardlow, gum guy, Nina and her beautiful smile? No, think about your loved ones. And that's why last week we put a petition up online calling for the banning of the paradigm shift, also known as the double arm DDT. And wouldn't you know it? Five million signatures, five million people that care about the future of this business. So myself and my law firm, we spent all week and we drew up this contract. Now this contract right here specifically states that the paradigm shift is banned from the AEW World Heavyweight Championship match at All Out between MJF and John Moxley. And all John has to do is sign it. And why wouldn't he sign it? He's a man of the people. He's a fighting champion. He's a badass. Why would a badass need one little move to beat one guy? And frankly, if he doesn't sign it, John, 
I'll sue your ass so hard you'll have to part your hair to poop. Don't test me. Don't test my law firm. We've never lost, and I'm not starting now. We'll take your money. We'll take your house. We'll take your cars. And then when you have nothing, Max will take your title. Sign it, John. Sign it. I'll fax it over. The ball's in your court. Sign it, John. So, uh, in this promo, we get a little bit of MJF trying to gain sympathy uh, from us and also having smart Mark Sterling appear on our TV screens. Uh, the producer of the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, uh, you know, friends with uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. He's a creative pro wrestler. Uh, he's, you know, works the indies a lot. Um, but now he's a uh, lawyer for MJF. Uh, this is a pretty good fucking promo. I mean, uh, MJF's really trying to pull on all of our heartstrings with this broken neck uh, or hurt neck gimmick from the Paradigm Shift, trying to get it banned from their match at All Out. Um, I don't know. <laughs> this angle's a little weird. Uh, but, I, dude, Smart Mark, man, really cutting a promo here. He sounded really good. Um, so what did, what did you have on this? Yeah, man, I really like this promo. Um, I forget what you got. You said Mark something. Um, Mark I, Sterling. I liked him here. I thought Mark what? Sterling. Sterling. I'm glad you said that because I was going to say Spalding. So I'd have been way wrong. <laughs> um, Mark Sterling, you know, he he definitely put over the 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 dangers of the paradigm shift, um, which is really, really cool. I mean, I think anytime things like this happen, like, it, again, it just puts over how devastating a move can be. Um, you know, obviously talking about the petition to get it banned, getting five million signatures and challenging Moxley's manhood to accept the banning of the paradigm shift for this. Not for the future of all of AEW, but for this match alone. Um, I was like, what kind of lawyer is that? So um, in any case, um, you imagine that Moxley will agree to it. And then he's just going to tap MJF out, hopefully it all out and just shut his little ass up. Done with him. Done with MJF. Moxley forever. Viva John Moxley. So um, great promo, though. Uh, right at this promo, we moved on into another eight-man tag match. We had the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade teaming up once again, this time versus the Natural Nightmares, Cutie Marshall and the Natural Dustin Rhodes and Jurassic Express's Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Um, it was actually a, a, the better of the eight-man tag matches for uh, this week. I really like this one. Um, you know, it started with the heel standing tall, clear in the ring, a nice, cool, like, double flip over the ropes um, by the Lucha Bros. Um, it was at a nice back and forth. Um, the interesting thing about this one, optically from this match, um, in the middle of it, I noticed, like, the heels aren't playing by any rules, and the faces are just standing on the apron, letting the heels literally do whatever they want uh which just kind of looked weird they were double teaming you know doing shenanigans from the outside just like totally running amok and the heels are, are face are just like ah cool we're just gonna play, play by the rules and let it happen so um, i thought that was kind of funny in this match um dustin's a ring general man i mean even for his age he, he can command a ring but the one thing that stuck out to me in this thing is like fucking penta does not sell for anybody he looks so awkward taking moves um there was that weird like uh, uh transitional uh, i think he took a choke slam and that i think he took like what the spinning roundhouse kick a choke slam and then a uh standing moonsault from luchasaurus 
and he like took a clothesline earlier. He's just like not selling anything. That choke slam looked very difficult for Luchasaurus. He took a clothesline earlier where he didn't like kind of flatten himself out. He is not selling for anybody on that roster. I don't know if he's just like pissed off or if that's just his <laughs> thing or what. But um, uh, at the end, there's uh, you know. Um, the Blade and, and uh, Penta getting into it a little bit and uh, costing their team for the win. Uh, Penta pushes the Blade, uh, who gets rolled up for the one, two, three, and that's how this one ends. And of course, um, after the match, you know, there's some jawing back and forth, some shoving. Um, you know, that would be a sweet match Lucha Bros versus Butcher and the Blade. But who comes to galvanize everybody? None other than our favorite New Yorker. Eddie freaking Kingston. We have not seen Eddie Kingston in several weeks since he got signed. So I'm really glad to see him back. And they didn't put him right on dark. They put him on dynamite. Um, just cutting a cool promo. Um, it seems like he's kind of playing the seeds here for a new faction, talking to each of the guys individually, you know, about how he's always been fans of them uh, coming up in the Indies with these guys, working with these guys in the past, uh, bringing them all in for a nice little group hug saying you know follow me and we're going to dominate kind of thing but he winks to the camera in a weird little moment um there and you and you and i were kind of talking about that off air um, i don't know if that's anything to keep an eye on or if it's just kind of uh you know his thing you know like one of his uh, idiosyncrasies but uh, otherwise a really cool match um i really like this match uh, really interesting after the match what do you have on all this i mean the match was uh you know, it it was decent. Obviously, the Lucha Bros love their shit. Uh, yeah, Pentagon, uh, he doesn't sell. <laughs> I mean, he does some things, but uh, a lot of the time, that him and Ray Phoenix are kind of go, 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 go. So when it slows down, they're like, uh, shouldn't we be kicking the shit out of you right now? Uh, <laughs> I love his uh, little mass air with like, it's, it's like a bandana built into it. Uh, nice, shiny uh, look to it. Enough about the gear. Um, Butcher and the Blade and Lucha Bros kind of fighting Eddie Kingston thing at the end. Um, dude, I think the wink was more like, hey, what's up, folks? I'm on your TV again. Uh, more than it was like, uh, uh, I'm fucking these guys over. But at the same uh, at the same time, why, why, why do this? Like, what is this even... Why why bring these guys together, the the Lucha Bros and Butcher and the Blade, right? So you you make this faction. So that does that mean the Death Triangle is gone? Does that mean Pac's gone? I just don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I so, had that note written down too. I said, what happened to Death Triangle? Or what happens to Death Triangle from here? Which seemed like a random pairing as well prior to this random pairing. Yeah, so this makes me think maybe Eddie Kingston does maybe have a tag partner. That he's gonna bring in and and basically mollywop these uh, <laughs> these two tag teams, uh, or he's gonna have them do his bidding for a minute, you know, try to take out some people uh, just to uh, get him a good spot on the singles uh, division. I don't know, uh, or maybe he's just gonna be like the 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 king of the castle and just uh, rule his pawns, you know, just do. Kind of like how he he had LAX kind of like his own little little deal for a little while. Um, I don't know. All in all, is good promo, good match. Um, obviously, like you said, Dustin, he's just great. It's still with his, uh, you know, not old age, but I mean, he's old. Let's just get it real. 
Um, he he looks great out there. He does great work. Dude, QT Marshall with the dad bod style is what I'm going to call it from now on. I think he's really come into his own, man. There's a lot of cool stuff that he does. That fucking throw up. Uh, it's called the QT special. So he throws him up and hits that forearm or the elbow right to the jaw. Looks devastating. Looks really fucking cool. He hit it the, the cutter in this match. Um, but obviously, you know, uh, getting rolled up by Jungle Boy. Uh, big, big loss for the Butcher and the Blade in the Lucha Bros. So um, I like this little spot after. Then we rolled right into, uh, no pun intended, uh, Britt Baker in a wheelchair with uh, Reba or Rebel. And talking to, uh, you know, the always, always amazing Penelope Ford. And uh, that, that guy she's with, uh, what's his name? Um, anyways, basically talking to her like, hey, let's uh, let's turn this match at all out into a handicap match. Uh, and, you know, Reba will do your makeup for a year for free. Uh, so, you know, Penelope Ford uh, says, count me in, walks away. So now it's a handicap match versus Big Swole, uh, Britt Baker and Penelope Ford. I wonder if she's just going to be still hurt. Or she's going to still be playing this leg, um, you know, being hurt and stuff like that. I don't know. We'll see if she's better by then. Hopefully she is. Hopefully she's training and getting better and not just sitting in a wheelchair. Um, what you, would you have on this? Yeah, man, I like this. Uh, I like this little segment here. Um, I think it definitely furthers that storyline. You know, Britt Baker, uh, you know, stopping at nothing to make sure Big Swole can't get her hands on her. Um, definitely makes sense. You would tend to think that she's still still injured. Um, you, you figure one of these days she's going to pop up out of that wheelchair. But knowing about that injury um, and the history of that, like, it doesn't seem like she's probably close. But I don't think she's, like, quite ready for, like, you know, and I. I you know, actually, that, that is kind of all conjecture. But, you know, hopefully we see her back in the ring full time sooner uh, rather than later. Maybe this is just a play for that. Maybe she does come back um, at full strength here at All Out, which would be nice. Um, I think she what is she also offer him a free year of dentistry as well, even though Kip's or I'm sorry, even though uh, Penelope Ford does have perfect teeth because everything about her is perfect. Right, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even her uh, workout gear she was wearing was pretty nice. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. She definitely looked nice here. But uh, cool cool little promo. I like Britt Baker a lot. Um, but from there, we moved on to uh, Orange Cassidy's in-ring interview with Tony Schiavone. Um, you know, gets asked a question, uh, the generic question by Tony Schiavone. Does his Orange Cassidy thing where, you know, he's not really going to answer the question. Jericho interrupts really early on in this um, and tells Tony Schiavone so much. Uh you know, talks about the much anticipated rubber match between the two. We all obviously figured there was going to be a third match. Um, and this one, uh, really interesting, you know, Jericho, uh, um, you know, says he's happy that it's happened, says, you know, only three guys have pinned him in AEW. And one of them was by a guy who puts his hands in his freaking pockets, definitely puts over orange Cassidy in this little, uh, promo that he gives before, uh, finally revealing, the stipulation for this match, um, which is kind of funny, you know, I, I had mentioned a month or so ago that it'd be funny if ultimately these two became a tag team and they were called mimosas because they're Orange Cassidy and uh, uh, Le Champion with Le Beble. Um But in any case, we're going to have a... Um, <laughs> what is 
a mimosa match. A mimosa mayhem. Mimosa mayhem. That's right. Mimosa mayhem match. I just have written ha 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 mimosa mayhem match. Seems silly. The interesting thing is like he talks about he alludes to the guy who creates the money in the bank ladder match, which is a fucking iconic match and has produced some of the most amazing matches. And that reminds me, I will put one as a homework next week. Um, you know, people who don't watch WWE, I, I would say if you're just in ever up for watching like a 30 minute, like carnage, amazing match, I'm going to give you some, uh, money in the bank ladder matches for homeworks. Cause those are some fucking awesome matches, but to compare that to what's seemingly like really silly a mimosa mayhem match that kind of lets the air out of it for me. It seems really silly. Like you're just pinfall submission or throw your opponent into the vat of mimosas, which very clearly somebody's going to go into the vat of mimosas. Is it going to be Jericho and his new like rainbow sequin jacket? I don't freaking know. Uh, um, but Inner Circle attacking best friends in Orange Cassidy after this. Like the rest of Inner Circle just, I mean, we, we talked about uh, Proud and Powerful wrestling on Dark earlier, but, uh, you know, Sammy Guevara is doing his thing right now, but like Inner Circle as a group, as a faction, seems really aimless right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Jericho's doing his thing with Orange Cassidy. Guevara's doing his thing with Hardy. Proud and Powerful is kind of doing their own thing. We don't see Jake Hager wrestle because I think he's got a, a fight coming up. So them as a group just seems kind of pointless at the moment. Um, what do you have on this uh, Orange Cassidy in-ring interview? I, I mean, I'm just hoping the match is great. I'm hoping the fallout of this is awesome. I, I just don't know. I don't understand a mimosa match being... I mean, I didn't understand... Uh, I don't know. It's just a little weird. It's a little wonky for me. It's a little too much. Throw your opponent into a vat. So we already know somebody, at least somebody's going in there. But I would just like to see the inner circle on a bigger storyline, something going on. I don't know. I just like all these guys. And now they're all kind of doing their separate things. Uh, but Proud and Powerful and Jake Hager, like you you said, aren't really doing anything. Um so I would like to see Proud and Powerful get into a storyline. I would like to see Jake Hager either break off from this or do something, man. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just a little weird. That's all. Um, but all in all, it was still it was still a pretty good segment. Uh, but then we moved on to the Elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the Dark Order three, four, and five. So John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Alan Angels. Um, dude, this is a hell of a match. It really is. It, it, all the great elite moves that we got. Dark Order really beaten down on Kenny. And Nick Jackson just being a fucking maniac. Uh, you had a great V-trigger um, from Kenny Omega uh, to Alex Reynolds like about halfway through. I mean, it just looked so fucking good. It looked like he really just nailed him right on the chin. Um, you know, all in all, just... All the great little spots that we got from everybody. John Silver, Alex Reynolds, again, showing out. They look really, really good here. Like, they look like a solid tag team. Like, if they just uh, got rid of the Dark Order gimmick and got some better gear to make them look a little bit more of badasses, I would believe that these guys could really take on a lot of people. I mean, they, they're really fucking clean, solid workers. Um, so... But we knew the elite were going over here. You had the one wing angel for the win, two Allen Angels. Uh, 
but it looked pretty fucking vicious, man. He he dropped that dude right on the right on the top of his neck, uh, you know, for the one, two, three. But then Kenny Omega uh, bringing out the chair upside down, gonna impale Alan Angels with a power bomb onto the fucking ends of the the bottom of the chair. Uh, so maybe we're getting that vicious uh, Kenny faster than we thought. Maybe at all out. Uh, so next week we could see who's going to go for the tag team titles. Um, maybe, maybe we get this big turn, man. Uh, and we'll talk about that. Uh, actually, after I hear what you have on this match, we'll get right into it. Yeah, man, I really liked this match. It was super competitive. Um, early on elite was in uh, complete control over Allen angels to start this match. Um, but it turned into a nice back and forth match. I was wondering if this was going to be a squash, but they, you know, kudos to these guys. You know, they realize that Dark Order does need some time to go over. I loved the touch of um, Silver and Reynolds coming out with their masks off. Um, I don't know why Alan Angels didn't do that. I think that they should all be doing the same thing. Um, that definitely like indicates like unity uniformity and like definitely what the dark order is going for so if the, i like the look of the other two doing it i just wish alan angels would do it as well they do it a lot um, really, actually really like i know but i'm yeah, saying i wish alan cool. angels would do it um but definitely man this was a, a nice back and forth match man dude being the elite being being the elite they hit some sweet sweet triple team moves here i i remember there was one earlier in the match and i i forgot to take a note of what they hit but like at the end of this match they hit this like like sweet like leapfrog leg drop spike driver that was like super awesome and i don't know if they've done that in matches past but it caught my eye in this match and like that's something i want to see more of i think uh who is it? ring of honor has that uh six-man tag team championship or our three-man tag champ whatever they call it um yeah six six man tag titles yeah or yeah dude i would love to see some sweet triple team moves i think that they they nailed some sweet ones here um dark world looking good here hate that they have to take the l man this is a week that they've taken a lot of losses and it's just like not looking good going for Brody lee into that tnt championship you know you you wonder is uh the dark order uh, losing going to keep continuing or is he going to turn it around? But um, right after this match, we move into this really interesting backstage segment where they announced that next week we're going to have a tag team gauntlet for the number one tag for the uh, number one contendership for the AEW tag team championship. Um, it's, we're going to have uh, FTR, the Young Bucks. Um, gosh, who are the other ones? Uh, Private Party and and. Um, Butcher and the Blade, I think. I think it's more than that, but we'll, we'll no, see. No, it's just it. the four teams. It's just the four teams. Uh, or no, Best Friends is in that group. I'm sorry. I, I, I wish I had written it down. I hadn't written it down. Uh, but it's the top four teams. Nonetheless, we get in, we get introduced that that's going to happen next week. Um, they interview FTR. They ask about their relationship with Tully, which is something that we had kind of talked about earlier. Um you know, and, and Adam Page, as they're answering, you know, Adam Page kind of coming into the picture, um, talking about what happened to Rock and Roll Express last week. You know, them just explaining that, hey, look, business is business. They disrespected us, you know, but we respect you. Blah, 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 blah. They give him a beer. You know, it seems more of like a like a playful friends. Like, hey, what'd you do there? It didn't seem like a reprimanding from Page. It definitely seemed like, 
you know, more of guys who are friends and like understand each other, but maybe didn't understand each other in that one regard, you know, and they crack a beer together at the end. Um, and Tully Blanchard, uh, he mentions uh, this revelation uh, that he had had. So uh, a word that we might hear again in the future. What do you have on this? I thought it was great. Um, it it, it kind of paints a picture uh, that they're more uh, going to turn on Hangman. They're going to, you know, X him out of this thing. They're kind of uh, playing him as the fool here uh, because then they started posting pictures on Twitter. Instead of holding four fingers, they're only holding three. Um, so maybe uh, Sean Spears and FTR are going to be a new trio here. I think it's I think it's only because it's only the three of them right now. Sean Spears hasn't factored in any of this, man, so far. I think I think uh, assuming he's, that he's, he's a part of this simply because of the Tully Blanchard relationship is I mean, but you might he be right. Came out. He came out he, during that that tag team segment, man. Like, hey, don't mess with uh Tully type type deal. And they had Tully's back. So I think Tully is gonna bridge these two uh these two acts together. I mean, and it's time. It is time for Sean Spears to finally be in a major storyline again. I'm sick and tired of him being the king of dark. I know uh, Scorpio Sky said, I'm the king of dark and blah, blah, blah. No, you have only been on there a couple weeks, man. Sean Spears has been on there since the, uh, <laughs> the match with Cody. Pretty much, he's been on the back burner. They really didn't have a storyline after that for him, uh, besides the Dustin Rhodes one, which was pretty much the same thing, uh, going after Cody's, you know, brother and stuff like that. So this would be great. Get him in a storyline with FTR. Uh, maybe have him start coming out instead of Tully all the time, or have them all come out. Nice little faction going on. Um, this could be a way for them to get out of this uh, four horsemen gimmick like corner that they've kind of put themselves into, uh, you know, booked themselves into whatever this could, but you know, with the outcome later, they could be teaming up with somebody else too. Uh, you know, getting a little bit more vicious, maybe, um, maybe him just needing some help. Um, we'll see. We'll see uh, when we cross that bridge. Um, the next match on this card was Darby Allen versus Will Hobbs. Um, Will Power. Um, dude, Hobbs is huge, man. He was throwing Darby around like crazy. Big spine buster. Um, but then we had that fucking cool-ass springboard coffin drop hitting hitting uh, uh, Hobbs off guard, um, you know, off into the top rope uh, coffin drop for the win here. Um, and as soon as we got done, Taz, you know, hitting this promo, uh, you know, talking about him bringing out somebody named Darby. And uh, uh, let, let's get your opinion on this and then let's roll this, uh, this clip of who the Darby is. Yeah, man, this match was interesting, man. Will Hobbs is a freaking beast, but I'm really, really disappointed that, like, he's such a fucking mammoth of a human being. And, like, I understand they want to build up Darby, but, like, you gotta, like, really walk the line of, of believability and, like, superheroism, like, and a very fine. Like, a dude like that going out to those coffin drops is, like, super unrealistic. And, and I I found a really hard time, like with that storytelling, where like Will Hobbs, you know, Darby started off hot, but Will Hobbs really used his strength to like go over, 
halfway through this match, like only to be undone by like a springboard coffin and then like a regular coffin drop. And like, like I said, this dude's huge and Darby's like, what, 150 pounds or something like that. It just seems really, really <laughs> weird from a storyline or a storytelling perspective. But that's just that's just my opinion. It's just the optics of it, I think, are really weird. Um, like you said, Taz coming out afterward. Uh, why don't you roll that, that promo, Jeff? Over here, your old friend Taz. You know what, buddy? Team Taz is flourishing. The machine, Brian Cage, the FTW World Champion, Ricky Starks. You know Ricky well. We have a new member of Team Taz. The newest member of Team Taz, Darby. I want you to meet him right now. And guess what? His name is Darby also. Check him out. Except he's bigger than you and better looking than you, you schmuck. Here he comes. <laughs> That's my new buddy, Darby. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's Ricky Starks. Of course it is. Darby. It's not every day you can live your dreams. But it's every day that I live my nightmares. <laughs> and that's why no one likes me. I love it. But the two things that I do like in this world is skateboarding and turtles <laughs> and i also like being reckless and jumping on a man's back shredding him open with thumbtacks because <laughs> life is a joke ha 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 uh-oh uh -oh. look out uh-oh oh! Oh! from behind just almost tore Darby's head off with the FTW belt. That's what happened. You want to play with me, Darby, huh? That's what you are. That's a reflection of you. A joke, a clown. The difference between you and me, man, look at me when I'm talking to you, punk. The difference between you and me is I don't need face paint to be somebody. Get your hands off of me. I don't need face paint to be somebody. I am somebody. I am absolute Ricky Starks. You understand me? I am always going to be better than you in every single way. And you know what? Life is a joke, and you are the biggest joke of them all. Dude, Ricky Starks just showed us right there how vicious he can fucking be, man. Him literally talking shit to Darby as he beats down on him was a really cool segment. I really liked this. I, I just, I'm in, enjoying the, the ride that we've been on with uh, Ricky Starks. Uh, first with that Lee Johnson match this week, and and now with this Darby Allen angle. I think he's going after him full bore. Um, I don't like the Brian Cage still involved thing. I know they're part of Team Taz, but uh, so is he the muscle for Ricky Starks now? Like, is he the backburner guy? Like, I know this is just one segment, but we never hear from Brian Cage because he can't really cut a promo. Uh, Taz is doing a lot of the talking, but Ricky Starks, I mean, he's got a, a nice, you know, mouthpiece on that mic, man. He, he He's going at it. So what'd you think of this? 
Yeah, man, I liked it. Um, obviously, Ricky Starks going out there, uh, you know, imitating Darby Allen and giving a really like, you know, a mockery of like, you know, putting emo down his neck and blah, 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 having the face paint and stuff like that. Um, but the dude's vicious. The dude is brutal. Um, he cut a really good promo here. He is the full package. Not only did you hit the nail on the head with Brian Cage, like, what the fuck are we doing with that? Like, is he just the muscle for Starks? Like, is he like, what is, why is this belt being toted around as like some fictitious like championship? Like, you know, if you want to make this a thing, like have him freaking defend it, like do something like, don't just bring it out to use it as a weapon. Like it seems rather like trivial at this point and like just an unnecessary accessory, which like reminds us of the futility of Brian Cage at this point in his career when he's supposed to be like some sort of like badass who we're supposed to believe that could tear through anybody. So, um, but anyway, uh, obviously leading to a program between Starks and Darby Allen. That'll be interesting to see who goes over in this program in the end. But, but uh, from there, we moved into Sammy Guevara kind of doing his little uh, uh, cue card segment through the picture in picture. And I will read them to you. It says, Dear Matt, I want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry I put you out. I'm sorry you can't catch chairs. I'm sorry Sammy is an idiot. Sammy is about to be broken. Consider him deleted hardy then uh, sammy notices that the cue cards have been changed and hardy then attacks him with a chair he destroys him with this chair like through the rest of the picture in picture we have a weird little cutout with a commercial but then they come back and he's still attacking him um eventually tosses him off the uh off the entrance ramp there through a, the the table there um you know teases grabbing that same style chair that sammy used to bust him open um, the referees are kind of pushing him, you know, trying to stop him from doing this. And he's getting physical with the refs, too. Like, definitely an unhinged side of Matt. But the fact that he put broken and deleted on those cue cards, you know, I know we came out doing this Matthew Hardy thing. I, I do think it was all a ploy, man. I still think he's rolling through these uh, rolling through these uh, characters and personalities here. I think he's very much still broken. Um but really cool to see him kind of get in on the cue cards. It makes you pay attention through the picture in picture, which I really like. What'd you think of this? Oh yeah. I always love his uh, cue cards. I like when he was shouting out uh, random girls to hit him up on, <laughs> on uh, Instagram or whatever, like uh, Victoria justice, have your sister DM me or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, I don't know. Obviously Sammy Guevara. Glad he's back. Great. Uh, great talent. I love this angle with him and Matt Hardy. Um, are we getting that next Dynamite, or are we getting that at All Out? Um, it's next Dynamite, okay. actually. I think, hold on, let me check my notes. I have the notes for next Dynamite at the bottom here. Yeah, Matt, in a tables match. We'll, we'll, we'll Ooh, read shit. what we have announced so far. But, yeah, we're getting that next week. That's going to be awesome. Um, other than that, we had our next little segment here was from Thunder Rosa, um, an NWA women's champion. Uh, cutting a little promo, so roll it. The fans have been asking for it. Social media has been asking for it. TNT and the AEW Women's Division, not so much. Sheeta, I heard you, and I heard you really well. So if you don't know me, let me introduce myself. Women's World Champion, Thunder Rosa from the NWA. I come here to help you, no, to help me to bring the women's division to the next level, to actually put it on the map and get some respect that we deserve. So on the pay-per-view, I don't come here just for scraps. 
I come here for your championship. So at All Out Cheetah, I have a request. Omaino, Beretoga, Hoshi. So you can understand me. And for all those that speak English and Spanish, vengo por el campeonato. I am here for this championship and nothing else. Dude, so we're actually getting a storyline for the women's uh, title here. Uh, and it's for it's from a, another company's women's champion. Uh, so Thunder Rosa is the NWA women's champion, like I said. And uh, I mean, it, this is going to be great. Her and Sheeta going at it. Uh, I'm really fucking excited for this. I hope uh, we get a little bit more story from both of them, uh, you know. Sheeta's been calling people out. Uh, I mean, hopefully this is a working relationship. Uh, you know, NWA has a lot to offer. Um, and, and like Zach has said, man, uh, that rubber match between Cody and, uh, and um, fuck, what's his name? Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis. I couldn't think of this. I was thinking Aldis Snow. <laughs> and that's from like, get him, <laughs> get him to the Greek. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, I got my fingers, man. <laughs> Jeffrey, you want a Jeffrey? <laughs> um, so what'd you have on this? Uh, I loved it, dude. Thunder Rosa, like, just fucking laid down the challenge to Sheeta. She said she's only here for one thing. And they were displaying that NWA women's title as, like, something to, like, behold and, like, something that, like... It had her face like, on it. Yeah, dude, it was cool, man. I really, really liked this. I thought Thunder Rosa, like, just came off as a badass here and, like, honestly, like, comes across as a challenge for Sheeta. So I'm really interested to see where this goes. I, we know Sheeta's going to accept and they're going to have a an awesome match at All Out, which is going to be awesome because I'm, you know, I'm glad they're doing this and, like, rehashing the Nyla Sheeta match again. You know, they, they don't have time to build up a de- another competitor. Like, what's going to be the most believable competitor? Well, the champion of another brand, you know, is obviously a worthwhile competitor to any champion. So um, good move here, actually. Uh, um, and we'll stay with the women's, um, you know, on the women's side. And we move on into the Women's Tag Team Tournament Cup Finals. Um, the Nightmare Sisters versus Ivelisse and Diamante. Um, you know, Brandy dominated early on in this match. Um this match really, really had some nice back and forth elements. Uh, um, <laughs> as much as the Nightmare Sisters were like really built up to be the tag team of this, definitely Ivelisse and Diamante are definitely the, in my opinion, the superior team together and the superior wrestlers. Like they're just very believable. They're hard hitting. Like they don't, they 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 move around with conviction in the ring and they tell a good story. I was really really impressed with them. Nothing too special about this match. Um, Cutie Marshall gets involved, but honestly, we have a relatively like clean win for Ivelisse and Diamante to actually take the uh, Women's Tag Team Tournament Cup. So um, what do you have on this match? I had Ivelisse looking fucking so good. She's, she looked really good in this match. <laughs> I like her new gear. I can't help it. Um, but I like that tag team, man. I like the... Uh, just their whole gimmick right now of being, they just want to be badasses. You know what I mean? At the end, they've threw down the roses, uh, you know, picking up their flags, having their, uh, their like almost Olympic gold medals or whatever that they had on. 
Um, so I'm glad that they won here. Uh, I know they had this big backlash on Twitter because somebody supposedly leaked spoilers, which none of the spoilers were true. Um, and it had Nightmare Sisters going over and winning and everybody was all upset. And that wasn't the case. The only thing that I have to say is, are both of these girls signed now? Like, is this part of the roster now uh, just because they won the cup? You know, is this like one of those uh, those cups that the or the, like tournaments that the W like the May Young Classic? Like, whoever wins that, do they automatically get a uh, you know a, a contract or you know how does this all work? So, are they going right. to be the head of this tag team tournament? Is this a one off? Like, I don't understand where they're going with this, but I love it. I love the fact that Eva Lise and Diamante are here. They're both good workers. Um, I think Diamante. I don't know if it's other people uh, not really catching her that well, but it also just might be difference in styles. But I always notice that when she goes to run up, she does that jumping and like it spins around and she wants them to grab them by her waist with her legs wrapped around it. I don't know what it's called. It usually sets up for another move. People drop her a lot. I don't know what it is. Maybe she's smaller or she's not jumping up enough. I just noticed that in her matches. I, I don't know exactly what it's called, but anyways, um, dude, the big suplex, uh, to Allie was really nice. Brandy with that fucking awesome spear again. I really, really like that. Um, Brandy with that super kick to Diamante on the apron, uh, was a nice little spot, but, uh, down the rabbit hole, she almost hit it in this, uh, in this, uh, match, man, almost had a win, but, uh, that big back elbow uh, and the double team for the win. Diamante and Eva Lise win in this cup, man. Uh, all I have to say is I hope they st- they're staying here. I hope they're here for the long run and we get some uh, some more women added to this uh, this roster, especially after we lost B. Priestley and Sadie Gibbs. Uh, they got some room here, so uh, start filling up. Let's get this women's roster ready for that third-hour show. It's what it's looking out to be. It's looking out to be the women getting their own their own hour, the whole hour, which would be nice. It'd be nice to separate it a little bit and uh you know, have something uh have something to look forward to with this women's division. Um let's get into the meat and potatoes of this dynamite. Um it was Brody Lee versus the prince of pro wrestling the american nightmare cody um dude cody comes out hot but brody lee has a different story he wants to tell in this match a a big bone to pick with uh cody rhodes gets no more offense pretty much and beats cody down uh hits two super kicks uh two big power bombs that discus elbow and cody loses the TNT championship match. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Brody wins. Dark Order comes out. Uh, Cody's getting loaded on to a stretcher. Um, I was really worried. And then I realized it was a work because they wouldn't beat the crap out of him if he was really uh, hurt. Brandy coming out, getting beat down by Anna Jay. Uh, Arn getting beat down. Uh, the Nightmare, you know... The, the natural nightmares getting drug out they're beat down and nobody comes out to save the day Brody Lee standing tall with the TNT championship uh the second belt because he smashed the original belt over Cody's uh forehead 
Uh, so what'd you have on this, man? Hey, man. What freaking storytelling. Cody did Cody did what was right for business. He did what was best for business here. I know people uh, who have been following WWE for a lot of years recognize that phrase and doing what's best for business, but this really was it. Like, if you want to, like, build your monster up, like, this is how it has to be done. He has to cream the baby faces. And this was this was it. This was masterful. Bro- Brody Lee cuts a brilliant promo last week. And promo afterward, I was thinking, I wanted to text you and say, look, dude, Cody's losing. Like, I knew he was losing. And it was not going to be close, and it wasn't close, and it shouldn't have been close. You know, you want to build up legitimacy of Dark Order, this is the way to do it. You want to build up legitimacy of your monster, this is the way you do it. Um, You know, a good storytelling, they had you worked, obviously, for a while. They're not going to flip a guy off of a gurney if he's really got you know a spine or a neck or a head injury or anything like that but dark order standing tall man brody lee getting the win in what i think a six minute match uh hitting that discus lariat like really showing you that like he is a dominant force now what will be interesting thing uh an interesting thing to see here moving forward is you know it's been nice you know having the a belt defended uh on a pretty much a weekly basis here you know obviously the aew world championship is pretty much with you know with the exception of a a darby allen versus mox match here and there uh, for the most part is only defended at pay-per-view so it it was really nice getting the uh tnt championship uh defended on a week in week out basis it kind of added stakes to a match which is always fun to see as a fan so um hopefully they don't end that to a capacity because that would be a shame um you know, and it would kind of, uh, I think, hurt the product if they ended those. So hopefully they still do those. I think Brody Lee should be a fighting champion. Obviously having Dark Order doing his bidding for him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for Dynamite this week. It was a great Dynamite. Um, I don't know, Jeff. I uh, I really like this uh, week of AEW content. We had a nice long dark there. We had a bunch of segments. We had a really cool dynamite on a special Saturday. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the ratings are on this Saturday following basketball. I can't wait to see what happens when those come out. Um, but overall, it was uh, it was a great week of AEW content. But I think it's time for the the official match of the week. Yeah, man, my uh, match of the week is. Uh, Maybe going to be a surprise to you, but the TNT Championship match, man. I think uh, in this day and age, I think we get caught up in, like, what's the longest match with the most moves, like, with the most drama. Sometimes, like, less is more and like, a story. Uh, and, and for certain, this was, like, a less is more story. And I don't think any other outcome of this match, Cody being, like, a resilient face, like, getting a bunch of offense, I just don't think that does any of these competitors – any favors i don't think there's any shame in going down to Brody lee the way he did he's a dominant force of course in aew um that's my match of the week what was your match of the week jeff see i'm actually gonna go with uh the elite versus the dark order i thought uh shining moment for the dark order um but you got more heel spots from kenny omega maybe going uh towards the cleaner uh, maybe we'll get it sooner than later, but the Young Bucks looking great here. Kenny Omega looking great. Getting all the the great elite spots, uh, the spots that made me fall back in love with wrestling again. Um, so, yeah, that was my match of the week. Um, but that'll do it for us, folks. Um, 
we find ourselves at the end of another uh, great episode of 100% Elite. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at 100ElitePod or my personal Twitter page at jangler88. Um, pretty much it. You can find Zach at... You can find the freshly squeezed on the Twitter at Orange Zachity. That's O R A N G E Z A C I T Y. And as always, if you are looking to get your ass kicked on FIFA 2020, find me on Xbox, Frisco Trisket, F R I S C O T R I S C U I T. Um, I will not wear a headset, so I will not talk smack, but I'll still whip that ass. <laughs> okay. Um, and if you guys want to listen to more of uh, Edge's music, I've put him over on this podcast a lot. Uh, but should be having an album dropping soon. So find him. Uh, you can look him up on YouTube. Uh, he's also got some good Twitch uh, content. If you want to watch him slay pretty much everything that comes out, uh, it's Edge underscore 419 for his Twitter page, Ed underscore 419 no edge 419 uh for his twitch edge 419 for his youtube page and yeah that's pretty much it um so without further ado guys we will see you on the next one see you buddy fear the so revelation we are many you are one we have plenty you have some you're taking this so serious but i'm only doing this for fun you're walking backwards while i run met without cause you're out done open my mouth this eye you're up regretting what you just begun you're never stopping me you're never stopping this you never saw me coming but you must acknowledge this so i'll just bring the heat and leave them powerless to try to step to me so maybe you should crawl a bit